Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello and good evening, Rush Nation, and welcome to 2023. Uh, we've been away for a brief hiatus, but we're pleased to see, as I am, we are back. Uh, and as ever, we have Murph. Murph, how are you? So happy New Year. Yeah, thanks, mate. It's the longest break I've had from podcasting in uh, in six years, I think. Um, but we, you know, we've been battling our our certain fruitions and uh and bits and pieces down haven't we you and i we couldn't it's seem to uh, yep. couldn't seem to stay healthy over over the christmas period and um and whatnot i fought that ridiculous viral thing that went round that's about 28 times worse than covid yep. um i still at the tail end of the cough now i've had it like a month um never go out with phil bushby to a game uh a football match uh especially a, a friendly yeah, especially he's going to blame me. I blame him, uh, and I've got a podcast, so it's easier to blame him than uh, it is for him to blame me. Uh, so yeah, we went to we went to an Arsenal friendly, and then a couple of days afterwards felt grim. So uh, and so he, so maybe we got it from some idiot at the North ground. London. I don't know. That's the problem. North London, isn't it? <laughs> um, so yeah, and then um, and then dealing with this ongoing issue, which hopefully <laughs> next week I'll have some answers on and. Uh, rule all the nasty stuff out and then I can start 2023 getting getting healthy again. Um and you you've you've been in the wars as well. Some of them self inflicted, some of them other bits and pieces as well. Yeah, I've had a few demons to tackle. I've damaged my foot shining in the back door. That's always a fun one. Uh, I had a brief fear I thought I'd broke it, but I haven't so it's um yeah there's a few things going on. And Christmas and Boxing Day and New Year and all that fell on the Mondays when we do the show, didn't they? So it didn't just didn't quite pan out. But but we're here. So we are here, and there's lots of things going to be going on this this off season. So you know, we 
appreciate this year's been really tough. Most of it's been on me um, and my health challenges. And 2022 was a pretty terrible year from a, a health perspective. I didn't do half the things this season I kind of wanted to do. I wanted to write a little bit and didn't really get to that. And uh, just lots of ongoing bits and pieces, which meant our shows were inconsistent. You were a little bit unwell, Dan. I was, you know, struggling all the way through. We just struggled to get into a rhythm and it, it's tough when that happens and it definitely hasn't been good on you guys as listeners and um we're going to kick it up a notch um over the coming weeks we're going to have some great guests we are going to do a super bowl or a super bowl preview i'm going to have some amazing guests lined up uh for that one to preview the super bowl which is our normal kickoff and if you've ever watched any of the previous ones if you haven't first of all go back I can watch them, but if you um, have, you know the caliber of guests that we get uh, analyzing X's and O's, analyzing the betting lines, analyzing uh, everything some from fantasy to just an all-round experience. And I promise you this year we're going to get some legends as well on. So I'm looking forward to it, uh, putting that out for Super Bowl Sunday. There will always be a contest. There will be one this year. Got to work out what the prize is as well. Um, as well as I'm going to be doing a lot more videos this off-season to get 2023 right and some exclusive podcasts. So we've changed podcast provider. Everything that we do that's going to be exclusive content is available to our Patreons. Easiest way to sign up, patreon.com forward slash 5 rush. Lots of strategy videos and uh, podcasts, whatever mediums people kind of want. But we're also going to release some of this onto, we've changed podcast providers to Acast, and there's going to be an exclusive way for you to sign up to exclusive locked podcast as well for this off season so lots of additional content i'm going to do short form much shorter more sort of regular strategy burst we're going to do that here on this show as well we don't completely gate all our content but we do do bits and pieces for those who do support the show and lots of custom content as well so and it's a great community we've signed up a couple of patrons already this year Sign on uh, patreon.com forward slash 5 rush and you can join that free. And there are lots of benefits. First of all, if you sign up and stay for six months, you get some merch, which ends up paying for your membership for most of the year. You get the playbook, you get uh, exclusive leagues uh, with prizes and all sorts of stuff. So great reasons to join. It ends up paying for itself uh, 10 times and more over. And, and you know what? Even if all of that doesn't appetize you, there's a really cheap tier on there that you can access and it's a very very small amount of money every month it's i mean it's loose change really um that you can get access to um some of the gated content so do join on to that um but yeah we're going to also have some great guests over the next few weeks i haven't booked any in so there's no real spoilers but i got a good black book so dan and i are going to have some great guests on over the next two months as we do a contrast of reviewing 2022 and starting to look ahead to 2023. Some of it will be draft content, but that is a lot more of the Dynasty guys. We will do some of that here, but you know, at the end of the day, we do have a Dynasty show for a reason. We will give a different perspective and take on it maybe for a redraft perspective. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say we're not going to cross over at times, but you know, we will have a different take and, and flavor on things. Um, but also there's lots of great content. The playbook should hopefully be back this year. I've committed to writing it, so we'll start writing it. <laughs> um at some point and and get into that again just looking to get the okay on the health and then we'll start digging into that so gonna be a lot of content this off season i i always think the off season is a really exciting time there's a lot of stuff to learn and um there's a lot of time to to digest it but at this point as well dan you know we've got to celebrate our ships you know how many how many fantasy titles did you bring home into the harbor this year uh four in total two of which were back to back 
which I was quite Love. pleased about. Yeah, yeah. Like, titles back to back or redraft leagues back to back. Uh, Dynasty titles, then ones back to back. Uh, I had to get one redraft back to back actually. Thinking about it, um, and I won my division of Iggy does his Kawasaki sevens that he does yeah, for charity. Yeah. So I was quite pleased. I I picked up the win in that sixteen division there, so that was quite nice. So very yeah, nice. How about yourself? Nine titles. Um, did very well in the listener leagues, um, which saves us some money. <laughs> So I took home three listener league titles, um, wow. which is a pretty good hit rate um, from what I played in. So yeah, um, and different, and I like it because all different format. I won the standard redraft for the third year in a row. Nice. <laughs> um, so that's a. I never ever really thought of myself as a good standard player, but uh, yeah, the super flex tight end premium uh, and the rules mania one I shared with Paul. Um, Mm-hmm. It because it, it was literally like a, a mathematical draw. Um, okay. It was a funny end was, of the season, right? And... It was a really funny end of the season. I know some people. I, I I've got to be honest here. I've got to praise a lot of the fantasy community. I know, yep. um, maybe in different regions, different leagues, etc. It felt disingenuous or wonky. I don't know. Um, I run forty plus leagues, and not one person complained about the result. No. Not one person complained. Not one person sat there and quibbled or thought it was out of order. Or um, and, and even if they had those feelings, they didn't raise them at any point. And yeah. you know, I think I was very quick off the mark in my leagues to communicate, and I probably over communicated. Up front is the best. Exactly way that. So I asked for some time. Then I said I made the ruling of. If they play the game in, you know, before the end of the season, those games, those points will count. If they don't, they won't. That's it. Uh, and that was before any ruling was made. I think if you can make those decisions, you know, I, I saw some dynasty uh, and some commissioners make a decision very quickly and just say, we're going to avoid it. That is what it is. And that's absolutely fine. I saw some people take time um, and then come to different ranges of decisions. Um, I, you know, I went to the point, I think, in some leagues where we had prizes on the line and there was only like one prize, um, where some I went out to people and got them in. I've, you were one of these, right, in the in the UFC yep. that we run. Yep. I put the two of you in a chat and said, come to a conclusion that you're both happy with. Because um, it's one prize, you know, and you both donated the prize, basically. That was the, that was the end outcome of it. You both... <laughs> donated the prize you're both happy with the outcome of that and, and, you, and you and you and you split it and we donated the money to yeah and we donated the money to <laughs> oh yeah, yeah i missed that yeah yeah but yeah <laughs> we i donated the money to demar hammond's um trust and you're gonna pay me uh at some point for that portion of it but yeah <laughs> I, but that's the that's the point of it right is um you you gotta you know i think everyone in the fantasy community dealt with it brilliantly it was a lot of money raised for charity and um, I know at times people get frustrated with fantasy football. I know people get frustrated with um, leagues they play in and, and whatever. I think what you saw in that incident, which was incredibly heartbreaking and very difficult, was a lot of good, how good-natured yeah. many, many people are. But I think you also saw a community come together, which I think was incredible. But I think you also saw whether your league is well run or not. Correct. Um, I've left two dynasty <laughs> cash leagues already. Purely on the basis there was no communication, no understanding. The guys in the championship didn't know what was going on, um, and it was just left till after the event. 
and I yeah, I don't want no part of that. And I think, and I think that's a shame. But I think you know, being a commissioner is hard. People think it's easy because it's mostly automated, but it's when it's when those things are just say you don't know. It's only, yeah, everybody understood it was. Uh, it's totally a, it's an unusual thing. situation. You can do it. Just say you're having a look at the options. Buy some time. Um, and, yeah, I want to speak to some experts or throw it out to the league. Yeah, put it, put it, let yeah. get. You know, you can do it anywhere you like. And and let's be honest. After what we've experienced last three years, it, these sorts of situations are going to happen. You know, it's yeah. an unprecedented situation. We kept saying it was an unprecedented situation, but we had two seasons of COVID where games were being cancelled left, right, and centre. Yeah, we cannot just assume that these things aren't ever going to happen again. As freak in nature as they are, once something happens once, there is a precedent for it to happen again. Yeah. Correct. And there's no and perfect solution to an imperfect scenario. Absolutely that's not. What we found ourselves in. So no. And uh, but I have to praise everybody who's ever played in any of my leagues or anyone's played my leagues this year yep. um, for the positivity, for the support, for the many messages of appreciate what you do, uh, appreciate you communicating with us. Like I said, not one person in my leagues, and that's a lot of Good. people. That's you know we're talking over a hundred people. Yep. Not one person complained to me Good. publicly or privately now whether they had some ill feeling about it about the judgment or the way it skinned you know i, I respect the fact that that people kept it to themselves because they appreciate it wasn't a perfect situation and where it looked like there was a situation i was going to benefit i made sure that i i didn't it was like the, the i split a league with paul for that reason you know i i kind of had a feeling that they weren't going to play the game i didn't think it was advantageous for either team to play the game that close to the playoffs but you don't know um, so after the split, well before that was done, because if it if it ruled the way it was, I was going to win. I was going to win, and it, that doesn't sit right with me. You, I know, in a league, you felt exactly the same, and you know there was lots of people that shared a lot of money, donated money, and uh, I think it was impressive. So I think in the back of all the celebrations, and in the back of, I think it's okay to celebrate a title. By the way, I think if you won a fantasy league and. You didn't feel like you could celebrate it because of the way you've won it. I appreciate it at the time. It probably felt a bit crass, and I understand that. But I think now you can celebrate that title. We know that he's out of hospital. We know he's okay. It's okay to celebrate a title, even if the the circumstances of which it came about were slightly fortuitous. Um, I think that's fine. It is what it is. Absolutely, yeah. I had a few leagues where it was wrapped up, and it was what it was, and a few leagues where I'd lost, and it was wrapped up the other way and I was happy to just concede. And I was like, here's what it is. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, my biggest success I had. Sorry, just totally yeah. occurred to me. I won my first ever Fantasy Cares Eliminator. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, my is this, is this the one with all your DSTs? Six defences and seven kickers. I love that. There you go. Yep. John Bosch and his crazy rules he sets up for these. And um, yeah, drafted out of the box, paid off. <laughs> Yeah, amazing. See, there you go. And I, they're great leagues. Uh, I was very blessed and honoured to be a ho- asked to host one and then we filled <coughs> that and, and ran a second one. I didn't do very well this year in those. Um, didn't get enough defences and, and kickers, did you? Didn't get enough defences <laughs> and kickers this year, but that's fine. I did do well in, in a couple of John Bosch's leagues, though. So nice. I, I can't um, I can't moan too much um, about my season, despite the fact most of my preseason was kind of disrupted through health. So is what it is. Um but yeah, I, listen, and uh, I hope that we got so many messages. I got so many messages from people over Christmas and New Year to say thank you, and uh, the advice they got from this show, or from me, or from anyone in our team. Um, you know, they did a great job and uh, winning titles, and the people found the book really helpful, and 
Now that's that's what this is about. You know, I, I get more pleasure, I think, from other people winning titles than than I do from myself. But I do play the win way hard. And I also got some good news today. I want to share um, the champions of champions, uh, our very own Pitsy and Rob won nice. the five yard rush champions of champions. They got their um, salvers today, their plates. Um, you'll probably see an image from Rob, if not tonight, maybe tomorrow. They're the host of our five yard, uh, five uh, fast action Friday. Even um, you'll see a tweet from at least Rob with the plate. It's uh, it's nice. Um, you know, we give out some good prizes here on five yards. So just to rattle through, and the reason why you want to play in five yard <laughs> leagues, we gave out not one but two plates because they were co-owners um so um but you know they they agreed to pay for half of the other one um we gave out obviously the ffcc trophy that's on its way to james allen congratulations james on winning that our fourth different world champion from four different countries dan um so that's pretty impressive um we gave out five signed jerseys well, I say we actually me with a book, but yep. you know, five signed jerseys. We gave out, uh, I think it's eleven or twelve different listener league T-shirts. Yep. Uh, have gone Still out go plus invitations to the champion of champions. Well, you got to win a league, Dan. Um, <laughs> that's how it works. Um, champions of champions invites, so chances to win the plate. Um, but yeah, lots of uh, and then Patreon prizes. So the two guys agreed to split the final. Yep. Um, so they're going to get a um, it's basically the winner got a jersey obviously can't split a jersey so they're going to uh, basically take a voucher to put towards a jersey of their choice so um, there was all the prizes now all of that money comes from um, just revenue that we produce through five year rush so uh, none of these were paid entry leagues Um, they were donation leagues sorry charity leagues Um, so all that money went to charity uh, and just on that, I just want to say um, thank you to everybody who donated to um, our charity last year, CDH UK. Uh, we raised just over £5,100 in total last year. So thank you wow. so much to everybody who donated. You know, Five Year Rush has donated now or raised um, just over £20,000 for charity since its inception. Um, it's an enormous amount of money. And we always pick very small charities every single year. And uh, we're very blessed to have our charity partner this year which is mps uk and i'll share some information about that at another time um but yeah really good to uh raise the money we already kicked off this year uh, we've got nearly 300 pounds in the bank and we'll be launching the ffcc entries uh where they've kind of already been unofficially launched but we'll officially launch them some point in the next seven days so you'll have, have a way to get in and I would love to expand it this year. I have worked out a way to which we can okay. expand the tournament to wow. double the amount. Um, so that's uh, 516 people. Wow. We could do that. If we reach that, we'd have to hit most of those people. We'd have to get 516. Or if we fell a bit short, we could randomly draw some buys in there. Um, but yeah, ultimately, that's you know, what we want to achieve and the more people who join and sign up, then we'll expand the tournament. So that's a lot going on. Appreciate it. it's been a bit of an infomercial the first few minutes, but I wanted to catch up. It's been a few weeks. Um, so yes, appreciate so everybody out that, there. What? Nearing the climax of Super Wildcard weekend. How's it been for you? I've I got to say the standard of games was absolutely exceptional. Um, 
from an entertainment I, point of view in particular yeah uh absolutely i mean really we're talking about really there was one half of football that wasn't great yeah. which was the second half of the 49ers uh, and seahawks game the 49ers just look absolutely dominant um and they look like a really solid pick to 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 go on to the super bowl here in in the in the afc they they really do look yeah. uh, a class outfit and um you know the seahawks did well just to get here you know this was everybody's Number Top one, number pick, two pick. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. So to get where they got to, Pete Carroll and everyone there has done an incredible job. And I know they're going to be a bit disappointed with the way that the performance has happened and, and the way that they've gone out. But losing to San Francisco in San Francisco is is no, it's no disgrace. I don't think they disgraced themselves. First half of football, I thought was very close and it was a good game. Second half got away from the Seahawks. That happens. But you look at the rest of the games. There was there was drama in in all of them. You know, you look at, at, at the Chargers and the Jags. I mean, I've, we've seen this in, in Super Bowls, right, with Atlanta, and we've seen it uh, with a few other teams. But did anybody really expect the Jaguars to come back from 27? The Jaguars, don't forget, this was the number one pick in 2022. This was the yep. team that finished worst last year. Nobody expected this team to come back from 27 nothing down. And questions have got to be asked to Brandon Staley, I think. You can't lose a game like you can't lose a game like that. I mean, Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions. They, they had a plus five turnover margin. How do you how do you lose a game like that? I mean, there'd be an inquest and, and all sorts, but an unbelievable Second game. Half of the game, Austin Eckler, RB one, and he only had five carries. All we would do is two the clock. when you're winning the game four seven up or so at the time twenty four three maybe twenty seven three twenty seven seven it was um, it. at the, at the start of half. Run that ball. Yeah, and, and you know what? Even if you don't want to use Eckler, right? Use another running back. You've got yep. four on the roster. They did use you Josh know. Kelly a lot. Yep. Yeah, a little bit, but not enough. No. Do, do you know what that game reminded me of? The last time that the it reminded me of the Super Bowl, which the Chiefs won, and Kyle Shanahan um, is winning with nine, ten minutes to play yeah. in that Super Bowl, and the play calling got so negative, and it yeah. just got so bizarre. I just lost control, and mm-hmm. and I get it, right? Pressures are strange. That we've seen some strange things. We saw we saw Matt Lafleur a couple of years ago in the NFC title game call, you know, um, kick a field goal instead of going for it and giving Tom Brady back the ball. Like, why would you do that? Like, with two minutes to go, why would you give Tom Brady back the ball? It's you know, there's there's just things like that which pressure does to a crazy person. But you, they had so much time. So much, you know, you've got a half, and then you've got the entire third quarter to think about this and just think about, as you say, chew the clock, manage the game. It's poor game management. Credit to the credit to Jags, credit to Doug Pedersen. You know, this guy knows how to do it. He's won a Super Bowl, he, he knows how to do this. Uh, but that was an incredible game. Um, Dolphins, Bills, you know, I think everyone predicted this was going to be a blowout. And I saw some, I mean, we saw some posts from some angry Dolphins fans today, which I'm bemused. Like you were going to lose this by ten minimum. Like you had a third, you had a, a seventh round quarterback or an undrafted free agent quarterback out there. Like it's Skyler Thompson playing in a playoff game. This game wasn't supposed to be close, and that Miami D and everyone they played their heart out. It was an unbelievable contest, and maybe there's a couple of question marks about the Bills. Maybe you could argue still a bit of a hangover with the Mar Hamlin thing and. Um, and they had all and, that emotion and, the week before in the Patriots game, didn't they? So, of course she did. You know, mm. They expected them to come out quite flat and so on. And, you know, maybe that's got to factor in somewhat. It's a massively underrated thing, right? I remember going to, and this is a completely different sport, completely different instance. Mm-hmm. I'm not comparing the two, right? 
But I remember going to Arsenal right at, um, in, against Birmingham City in 2008 at Birmingham City. Right, Eduardo, Croatian striker, um, has a leg break. It's one of the worst injuries I've ever it. seen. He goes down. He's down. Uh, no, it was Martin. Mar- not Martin. Tur- it was something like that. It was. A, it was a guy who never really went on to to kick uh, too many balls after this. It was like Martin Tucker, Martin, Martin Turner, it was, it, Martin T. Something. I can't remember his name. Um, it was a horrible, horrible challenge. He broke his leg. Pretty much never. He, he, I mean, he ended up going back to. Sha- he went to Shakhtar and hmm. somewhat of a career, but not at the heights where we're going. But I remember that game. Arsenal ended up drawing two two. Um, and the emotion of that and the way that the players handled that and, and every the aftershock of having to witness your teammate go off with oxygen and, and all of that. And this guy's life wasn't even in danger. It was just a really bad career-ending, potentially leg break. They never recovered from that. You know, they were top of the league at the time and they end up throwing away the title. And I think the Bills have shown a lot of character, especially when they were, you know, they were down in that fourth quarter. The, the Dolphins came back. I think they've shown a lot of character, a lot of resilience, and and nothing would please me more than Josh Allen winning a Super Bowl because I think he's an absolutely incredible human, uh, an incredible player. Uh, I've always liked him. I've always thought he was a, an exceptional talent um, who was I always thought was misunderstood in the draft process, and I'm glad that he has silenced any critics. But I do think that they have to deal with with what's happened and they have to, and they don't have a lot of time and a lot of games to deal with that. And I think that's something that could be there. It could spur them on and it could kick them on to Super Bowl glory. It could be the thing that denies them, but uh, you know, that was a great game. And then as well, we had, uh, I didn't see the giants beating the Vikings. <laughs> I didn't see that. one I coming. Well, I thought we really no, wanted to, okay. that was, that was the one upset for me that was most likely of the lot. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'd have laid money on it, but if anyone was going to win, I thought the Giants could go there. The Vikings are haven't been playing wonderful the most recent weeks. Um, no, and we know the Giants They can on their day. Um, and Barkley turned up, and, and Daniel Jones had a career game, which is what's needed at that level, well, right? and, and he delivered. So Daniel Jones is the first quarterback in NFL history to right. have uh, thrown for 300 yards, rushed for 75 yards or more, and won a playoff game. Um, this puts the Giants in a very interesting position now. So I'm going to ask you. Yeah, you're the Giants organization, right? You're going to the Eagles next. I think you're yep. playing with free money now. If you're yep. uh, you're playing with free money, this coaching stuff, everyone's playing with free money. Yep. Regardless of whether you win or lose next week against the Eagles, mm-hmm. do you bring back Daniel Jones next season? I think they have to. I think if you look at the wide receiver core he's worked with. Um, and the troubles he's had, he has led that offense as you would want a quarterback to do. Um, go on. So second question, how do you bring him back? Do you tag him or do you give him a deal? Because this is this is the other point. It's, it's, it's awkward because it's not just the fact about giving him a... Or I th- because they've the thing refused is he's not going to be able to command big money elsewhere. I don't think there'll be many suitors coming for Daniel Jones. Yeah. Potentially. So I think they'd be out of time on a deal if Daniel Jones is willing to say, hey, this is my best shot at a long-term starter career. Because I think if he moves elsewhere, he gets lost in the ether in, inside three years. He goes into that black hole. Um, <clears throat> so I think if he accepts that uh, a lesser deal, a team-friendly deal, and not a big money shot, but gets paid, 
I think he goes back. I think they'd want him to go back, personally. What Dabol's built there around that. I mean, they played a playoff game with Isaiah Hodgkins and Richie James at wide receiver. Like, who saw that coming? And Isaiah, Hodgkins, who they, Isaiah Hodgkins, who they claimed on November 2nd. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not even like he's been there all season. You know, this guy just oh. came in and then just started catching balls. The Giants, the, and this is the previous, we're talking Dave Gettleman here, made a huge mm-hmm. mistake not picking up his fifth-year option. Because I think the yeah. fifth-year option, it gives you time. Yes, granted, you're going to have to pay him $22 million if you take it up. And I understand that. Buccaneers had this decision with Jameis, are they going to do it? Are they not going to do it? $22 million for the quarterback position isn't atrocious for one year. It's not. You can make that work. It's half of what the elite players make at the position. I don't understand why they didn't pick up that fifth-year option. It, 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 it's like they made the referendum of we're going to pass on Daniel Jones and just let him go, but we're not going to bring in a replacement. Like, how do you do that? If you bought in the replacement, whether you drafted him or whether you signed him in free agency, fine. I, I'd have gone, okay, fine. You've made a decision. You've moved on. But they didn't. They didn't make a decision. They just went, no, we're not going to do the fifth year, but we're not going to bring anyone in. He's going to play. And then you... Front office not talking to coaching. Well, this was all the old regime. So they yeah. had to make this decision over yeah, a year yeah. ago. And, and then they've obviously got rid of... Joe Judge, they got rid of mm-hmm. Gettleman stood down for health. I mean, let's be honest, he was a joke. Um, I just think it's bizarre. You know, they could have drafted Mac Jones last year. I know they traded the the pick and and they let the and they could have they could have got Justin Fields. You know, they could have taken the quarterback last year and they they didn't. They, you know, they traded the pick famously to Chicago, so Chicago could get uh, Justin Fields. You know, they could have had a quarterback. They decided not to take that option. I, I just think it's it's a costly mistake now because you've either got to trade him when you can't trade. You've either got to tag him, which is going to cost you more than the twenty two million anyway. Correct. So you've already lost money. But whatever you you tag him and you'll earn twenty eight or whatever it is. It's not it's six million on the cap, and it's not the worst mistake you can make. But it's it's, un, it's avoidable. Yeah. Or you give him a deal, and if you give him a deal, what do you sign into? Like a two year fifty or. What do you do? Because he's, he's, you're in this conundrum now, and it, it was completely avoidable. You could let him play his fifth year and make a decision. But, yeah, I, you know, this this current regime did not make those decisions. So it's we can't blame, we can't blame the them. Year, they had the trade option open now as well. Yeah, exactly that. If they had the option, they would do choices. it. Choices are everything. Yeah, so I, I, I'm with you. I would probably keep him because I think you're, you're picking too late in the draft now. Yep. You know, you're picking at best if it all breaks their way. So they need the Buccaneers to lose tonight. Um, And then I think they're the lowest ranked team at the final eight, which would put them at 20, 24, 25 yep. is where they'd be realistically picking. So... If they lose to the Eagles, obviously they could advance and go even further. You're not getting a quarterback there, I don't think. So yeah, I think I think you've got to sign him. A two year, maybe you give him a, a three year deal. You don't guarantee any money in the third year. I don't know how you do it, but you know I think they, it's something they're going to have to do. But I'm with you. I think they've got to keep him. Um, but you know, fair play to Daniel Jones because that that is his NFL career there really on the line and and. That was the difference between the difference in the game was the quarterbacks. I thought Cousins was passive. I thought he was someone who just didn't look. He just wasn't dynamic, was he? He's Kirk Cousins. He's 
he does a good job, but when when the the pressure's on, he doesn't deliver. We we joke about this tournament. He's the most experienced quarterback that took the field, and he did not look it at all, did he? Well, no. I mean, did you see the stats going around about NFC quarterbacks in playoffs? Mm-hmm. So Daniel Jones of the uh, quarterbacks now are who made the playoffs this year has the second most amount of playoff wins with with one, along yeah. with Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott. Um, I think there's one more in there. Um, obviously, Brock Purdy joins that crew he does. Um, yeah. as well, and then Brady's got 35 playoff wins between you know on his own. So it's uh it's just, this is what the NFC is it's a strange division and got tonight's game and you know the last super you know last wildcard weekend game was the Ravens and the Bengals I think the Ravens gave a really good account of themselves in that game um I don't think anyone gave him a chance with Tyler Huntley Funny play call, yeah, we spoke about it earlier play calls and oh. pressure situations Tyler Huntley trying to go over the top of the ball like I don't you I don't got JK Dobbins JK yeah. Dobbins didn't have a didn't have a rush inside the five. What like what are you doing? He's one of the best running backs in, in football when he's fit. And I quite he's not always well. Yeah, yeah, and he's right. He's absolutely right. Yeah. You know, what's he doing? He, he got he got hundred yards on touch on sixteen touches. Yeah. You just give him the ball more. Like, what are you yeah. doing? You've got one of the best running backs in and, and the Bengals can't stop the run. They haven't stopped the run all year. Like, what yeah. are you doing? Like, and and that's how that team's built. It's built to run. It was strange, but then you have to credit they were winning and they were winning the game. Like they were winning the game and, and they're not running the football and then and then you get Hubbard and you get the scoop and score. By the way, how bad is Eli Apple? Why don't we talk about this every year? How that guy still got a job in the end of the living, right? Yeah. Oh my god, he's awful. Like that was one of the worst games I've seen of a cornerback in a long time. Like unbelievable. But I mean listen, it was a great weekend. We got tonight's game, which I think is um gonna lower the stand. <laughs> the well, every game's seen. gone over on the over under so far. So uh this point. This one, I have that as well. I have that for you. Uh, we had I went on Andy Davis's podcast, uh, yeah. Pod Across right. the Pond, and you can yeah. listen to that. I've shared links out, and I broke down that game or well, tonight's game where I think it's going to go. Um, I tried to remain impartial, but you're talking about two teams that are literally mirror images of each other. Um, they're literally built to it, it's literally if these were magnets, they would repel each other, they're, they're completely the same. Um, in their makeup, in terms of how they try and play, in the you know, the only thing you'd say is that uh, Dallas are, are more balanced in their attack, and they have Tony Pollard, who's the only one of the running backs in this game who uh, exceeded his yards over expected. Um, but realistically, these these teams match up very well, which means they cancel each other out, and I would smash the under in this game. Yeah, Keys the game if. This of course, is it is. It's all about individuals, and it's all about the Buccaneers' defense versus uh, the Cowboys' offense. And if if the Buccaneers' defense can make this game close, and they can keep it close, they will win this game. Um, if the Cowboys, if the Cowboys the go out to double digit lead, they win it. It's also about the Bucks' O line stopping Mika Parsons. Yeah, I I don't think it's a great game for Mika Parsons. I no, think I don't. It's, but he has I potential think... when he's a player that could make an impact in the game. Of course he does, and if Maybe I was if I was you know Dan Quinn in this game as a as a someone who was defensively coaching this, I would bring Micah Parsons up onto that D line, and I would make him just hit that O line because the Buccaneers just aren't very good at running the football. Playing him at outside linebacker yeah. or playing him in that secondary is just not. There's no point. There's yeah. no point. All he's going to do is make tackles on open receivers, and he, he might make a play. He could make a fumble. He could get in. 
could get an interception potentially. But I think the damage he can cause on the D-line is so much more impactful, especially yeah. if you're going to target someone like Luke Gadecki, for example. That would be where I would be playing him. And if I was Dan Quinn, I'd be attacking Luke Gadecki with Micah Parsons, uh, bring someone else in, and I would yeah. just be literally going at it. Because you're not going to get sacks. You're not going to get sacks. But what you are going to get is you're going to get tip pressure balls, up pressure up the middle. You're going to hold the run. Ryan and you're going to... And you're going to reduce the options that Brady's going to have. You're going to stop him from throwing the football. You're going to stop him from getting comfortable in the pocket. Yeah. And then that's where he's prone to make mistakes, or you're going to get a lot of short drives and a lot of time of possession. So it'd be interesting to see how it goes. Um, we'll find out tomorrow morning um, who is going to be going to San Francisco. The other games are are all set in terms of... Um, we've got Jags going to the Chiefs, which I think is going to be probably the game of the weekend for me. I think if I if I had to pick one game to watch, that would be the one I'd watch. It, right? Pardon? It's got shootout written on it. I think it's got shootout over it. I think a lot of people are going to sit there and crown the Chiefs very comfortably. I just think this Jags team has just got a bit of. It's just got something about them. They're like the Lions. They don't quit. Yeah, they don't quit. They've been behind in the last seven weeks and one or more. Yeah. Exactly that. They don't quit and yeah. they find a way. And do you know that's just that's that's tough to coach against. It's tough to coach against when you Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A team without much belief. Um, and again... They're playing with free money right now, so it doesn't like yeah. they're not feeling the pressure. Um, Bengals Bills is, is always a good game; it's always going to be a classic. Giants Eagles. I think it'll be a, uh, that will be a very emotional game. I think it's going to be. I think you'll see a nice tribute. I, do you know what? If they can get Tamar Hamlin at that game, that would be absolutely will, incredible. He was, he was hoping to go to this week's game, apparently, and he, he yeah. didn't quite make it. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'll do what they can to get there. And, and I'd, I'd love to see that if they can get him on the field. Yeah, if they can get him on the field, if he can carry the ball out, I don't know, whatever you can do, something so real. I think that'd be a special that moment. Crowd, right? That crowd. Yeah, absolutely. That. Giants-Eagles. I, I mean, this... upset again. The Eagles are by far the better team here, but division games, third time they're meeting this year, you, there's just something about a division game gives you a greater opportunity for an upset, I feel, because of yeah. how they, they know each other, they scheme each other, they coach against each other. They know it inside out that much more. So I think I think this one's the most likely for the upset. I, I completely agree with you, by the way. I think um, as much as I didn't see the Giants beating the Vikings, as you say, divisional game, again, Giants playing with house money. Daniel Hurts Jones is playing. Injury. Yeah, Hurts back off injury. 
I also think coming off the bye, I don't think it's always great. I, you know, I think it disrupts yeah. rhythm and flow. Yeah. Um, I'll take the ball for what three, four weeks now. Yeah, it's not been a while, so I think you know you're looking at that and consistency. I think it's different with the Chiefs. They're used to it. They've been one seeds. They know how to manage that. But you know, you got to remember the the Eagles aren't used to this. They're not used to being in this position. Uh, the Giants again, plucky underdogs, nothing to lose. Uh, yeah, listen, I think pressure will build. They'll go down I, 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 yeah, I, I go with that. I think that's absolutely the, the case here. Um, and then you've really. got tonight's winner will be going to uh, Levi Stadium. Which is a uh, scary I, prospect for everyone. Everybody goes, will be least favoured underdog there. Oh, 100%. I think you're looking at this and say, other than the Jags, who, which I don't agree with, by the way, I think the Jags will be placed as the lowest priced well maybe the giants i don't know yeah. i i think the winner of tonight's game should be in my book are yeah. the least likely to progress of all the teams i i think going to levi stadium against that 49ers d and you could talk about brock purdy all you like but this kid doesn't make mistakes he doesn't make a mistake you know i saw a tweet the other day and people were slating him because it's like okay he got two uh two touchdowns that were thrown behind or at the line of scrimmage um, and then one that he threw forward eight yards and it went for a house call for 60 odd yards. Doesn't matter, the kid don't make a mistake. He's had to get him to that position, exactly. He hasn't had to throw a 35 yard bomb, he's got him the 80 yards up the field to get there. But he didn't turn the football over. Like, nope. ultimately, in a, in a Carl Shanahan offense, if you're and this is why Jimmy G was so successful, he didn't yep. turn the football over. Yep. And Jimmy G, Jimmy G went to a Super Bowl without turning the football over. Like, we saw, we saw. NFC title game, didn't he throw the ball like nine or 11 times? Yeah, he did, yeah. That, that's how this and team is built. It's that, not built. They've added Christian McCaffrey to it. <laughs> exactly that. That might be the trade probably year, by the way. The best offensive player in the NFL. He's up there, yeah, If they win the Super Bowl, that's the best trade you'll ever see. Yeah. It's the best trade you ever see. You, you won't yeah. see a better trade than that if they win the Super Bowl. Like, it's insane. You know, they've absolutely smashed that trade and they, they, they're paying, you know... They got pennies on the dollar for it. I think unbelievable um, bit of business there from John Lynch and the 49ers organization. I think drafting drop or getting in Brock Purdy, you know, Mr. Irrelevant, unbelievable um, foresight to do that when you've got two quarterbacks on your roster, like to think about taking a punt on him. It's all panned out really well for them. And, and you know, they still get all the injuries and they're one injury, two injuries away from really falling out of things. But yeah, for me, the 49ers are the best team in the NFC. The, I, I, like if they if they don't make the Super Bowl, I'd be shocked. I, I look at the rest of the teams in the NFC, and I, you know Brady can do it on his day. Listen, don't get me wrong, Brady with the experience and everything. If he made a Super Bowl, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. But mm-hmm. the Giants, I'd be stunned. Uh, the Eagles are the best team, but they're running a bit out of puff. We've seen this now. They, they're kind of. Yeah. since they've lost a couple of games, they've been sort of fighting this and it's kind of, it's not been this seamless machine like when they were 11 and 0, 12 and 0, you know, they started to face some adversity. They started to clug a little bit and they're kind of like stuck in second gear and they need a kick um, to, to really get on a bit. And yeah, they've had injuries. But I just look at the rest of the NFC and think, and, and, and if Dallas get there, I don't trust Mike McCarthy. I don't trust... Uh, that Prescott to pull out enough consistent performances to to get there. That might be harsh, but that Prescott hasn't. When the game is on the line, 
I've not seen, I have the same criticism of Dak Prescott that I have of Aaron Rodgers. That might be unfair since Dak Prescott's a fourth round pick. But when the game's on the line, do I really think Dak Prescott's the guy that's going to deliver it when he against a good team? I just haven't seen it. Seen, I, I think he's seen. a very talented quarterback. I think he's got a lot of attributes to be a very, very good player. And I think he's shown he's been a very good player. I don't think he's a winner. Uh, the same way I don't think Aaron Rodgers is a winner. I don't think Aaron Rodgers, I don't think Drew Brees is a winner. Like, and I'm not saying these aren't good quarterbacks and they, uh, you know, there's lots of great quarterbacks in the NFL. We, we've seen lots of them who have gone on and had Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers was a very, very good quarterback, not a winner. He doesn't yeah. win. You know, he's not like Peyton Manning, who, who I know didn't win for years. But even Eli he, to an extent on that one, talking to Manning. Even Eli, when Eli he got there. Team for it when he got there, yeah. When he got there, yeah. You could argue he's got a bit of a winning streak in him. You'd yeah. argue he wasn't consistent chips came up Ben Roethlisberger for me was a winner the guy never had a losing season but not just that but when he got to the playoffs and he got deep he knew how to win you know Tom Brady's probably the biggest winner we've ever seen you're not going to see anyone like him who's more of a winner than than that and and I think I just look at quarterbacks and think are you a winner are you not a winner I don't I don't think that Prescott is I don't think Aaron Rodgers is I don't think Drew Brees was I don't think Kirk Cousins is, and you know, they've all got different varying degrees and arrays of talent. I'm not saying all the same, I mean, the winners, and I think that's why my kind of point on that is I don't see that Prescott as a winner. I don't think Daniel Jones is a winner, but I think I don't think Jaden Hurts is. Uh, but with time, they're early, those two, it's hard to, to say. You look at the other side, I look at Patrick Mahomes as a winner. Man. I think Allen's. I know he's not won it, but come no, on. You look at last season. That, and he did it even in this game. We need eight yards. It's third and eight. Games on the line. Just give me the ball. I'm going to run it. And that to yeah, me is yeah. a winner. That is one. Absolutely. Says, I'm not going to trust anybody else. Give it to me. I've got control of this. That to me is but, a winning mentality. But, but you know what I like? The difference with this, there's two kinds of mentality there. One is I don't trust anyone on my team to make that play. Therefore, I feel like I have to do it. The hero Superman complex. Someone like James Winston. Right, it's Cam Newton, James Winston. I have to do this because this is my responsibility. Versus, I'm doing this because I I know I will do it. It's yeah. I know I'm going to succeed. Right. Yeah, that's the difference. There is, it. He didn't feel the responsibility to do it because he's got the C on his chest and because he's the quarterback. It was, I'm doing this because I know I'm going to do it, and therefore yeah. that's the greatest chance of success. It's a decision-making strategy that he made. And he's he strong enough to put the burden on himself if it doesn't happen. Absolutely and that. And, and that, that that's why I think he's a winner. And he's not yep. won it yet. Agreed. If Josh Allen doesn't win a Super Bowl title, I will in his career, I will be stunned. I'll yep. be absolutely stunned. Because uh, I think he's an incredible player. And I agree. And I, I think Joe Burrow is a winner. I think to take his team to the Super Bowl last year, I know he didn't win it, but I mean... Second year in the NFL, get your team yeah. to a Super Bowl. His injury. Yeah. Off his injury. He's running it back this year. Yeah. I think he's a winner. Um, the way he acts, the the demeanor, the calmness, the the, the leadership he he shows. I think he's absolutely a winner. And I think Trevor Lawrence could be a winner. I think he's got a lot of the trick. You you know, to throw four interceptions in a in a half. You know, he was he was four for 15 for 30 yards and four interceptions. And to win yeah, a game? 24 point passer rating in the first half, and then like 114 I, in the second. I thought it was zero. I thought it was so bad. But that's what I mean. To to, yep. to do that 
and to turn it round, whether you should have had the opportunity or not. It's a belief in yourself to to knock your head down. Yeah, and I've he's shown me the characteristics that he's a yeah. winner. Um, yeah. Whether or not he is, we'll see. But you I look at those this. four. You look at those four quarterbacks, and you look at the four quarterbacks in the NFC. Chalk and cheese, isn't it? Yes, it really is. It really is. But they're all there. They're all on the show. They've all got a chance to progress, right? So, yeah. Um, do we have a really early look back and ahead, fantasy wise? Since that's what we're really here for, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think this will be a Come fun on. exercise. So I want to know what players have really built their value over the past month of the season for you. I see. I I haven't settled on this, um, but if I if I had to sort of put some names on the block right now, Christian McCaffrey. I think you'd argue is, is probably up there. He's already up there already. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, if we're looking at players that I think were fringes, and then they've they've probably jumped up a few rounds in the last the last few weeks. Um, it's a really interesting one. Devonta Smith for me, I think, is mm. someone who probably was a very late round pick, and I think after the last few weeks, is someone who has um, skyrocketed in value. I think you're going to see him go fifth, sixth round in drafts now potentially. Uh, so he's he's one name to mind. Uh, Traylon Burks just coming back there at the end. I know it wasn't always pretty, but I think he's one that potentially has skyrocketed. Not skyrocketed, but I think he's climbed uh, a, a little bit in in particular. Um, As I Hodgkins, we mentioned earlier, I think it's coming. Yeah, to I mean, you you got to see what happens with the contract situation and yeah. and what happens with that team. But he's, but he so, could he be had a drop. Did you know that he hasn't no, had a drop? He, yeah. He hasn't had a drop, but he's someone that will definitely be on on some radars after what he's done the last the last month of the season. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, Richard White I think is going to be another one. I think depends what happens with Leonard Fournette. I think he's shown that they probably if they can move on from Leonard Fournette they will. And I think Richard White might have a bit more of a role. I think that could be a mistake to raise him too high, but I think he won that uh, definitely did his uh, stock no problem over the last I month of the season. Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, I think both of them. Under the radar, good season. Very, very good season. Very good last month. Zay Jones' last month of the season was potentially a a fantasy league where Evan Ingram, by the way, is another one. Um, You know, he effectively in the championship playoffs was was almost effectively a league winner until week 17. He'd have got through week 14. Moving to the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. I I think both of them raised their their value pretty, pretty well in the last few weeks of the season so yeah I, I think there's definitely a few that you're looking at and thinking yeah there's a few there that, that have raised their profile and and rightfully so and, and did very well down the stretch and so we'll fun. see what they do in 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 2023 so moving on then which of this year's rookies 2022 are you expecting to to have a bit more of a breakout year yeah see i don't i don't have a solid answer to this i've i've got Not to be one. honest and it's purely okay. based we haven't seen it yet jameson williams yeah, well, okay. Why I mean, one coming into the draft. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, that's I think is a is a fair one. I think absolutely. I would say Drake London. He hasn't really broken out for me. I think yeah. if they sort that uh, that quarterback conversation out yeah. uh, in in Atlanta, I think um, if he can if he can get a bit better, I think that that might be one that I would look at and think is is due a breakout. James um, is another one for me. I think Singletary. Yeah. I think James Cook can step into that lead role now. He got a lot of carries yesterday in the game. Yeah, I think we'll see what happens with, with Devin Singletree. I th- you know, he, he's definitely one that's primed to do something if it all breaks right for him. But yeah, I think there's a there's a couple there. I 
I've got to be honest, I wasn't too enamored with with too much of this draft class. The wide receivers are the standout pieces. They've all kind of shown why they were taken where they were. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave in particular have, have shown what they can do. We've already seen what's happened with Brees Hall. Uh, we knew that. You know, you're right. Jameson Williams, Tra- Traylon Burks, they're, they're kind of the ones that we're expecting to, to kick on uh, a little bit more. And Drake London, I think they're the three. And as you say, James Cook, they're probably the ones that you're expecting more out of this year and maybe a breakout because we haven't seen enough yet to, to call on breakouts. But they, cool. they they would be it for me. So any of the rookies this year disappoint you that you're expecting to bounce back a bit next year? Well, not rookies, but just regular oh, players. Um, oh, yeah, yeah I, I got a few on this. I think Deontay Johnson is too good a player to... Um, Have 174 catches without a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's just going to. Re- I haven't done the the maths and the regressing back to the mean, but he immediately stands out as someone for me yeah. who I think is going to jump up quite significantly. Um, I think he's going to be a very good price in drafts, and I'm very excited to draft a bit more of him again this year. Took a punt this year; it didn't work out. I think the quarterback situation will be better. I think it'll all get a bit better for him next year. So I, I like. I think I like him to come back a bit. Um, I think I'd be looking at Mike Evans, um, ridiculously low touchdown number. His touchdown numbers are going to be heavily inflated because of his championship week. Um, with those, with those three touchdowns, um, but his touchdown numbers were very low. Quarterback's going to be a change. Yeah, you know, I think he ended the season with six touchdowns, and and three of them came in the final in in, in week seventeen. He didn't play week eighteen. Um due to illness or whatever that was. Um, So, yeah, I I would say that Mike Evans, for me, is someone who I'd expect maybe to bounce back. I know he did the yards. You'll always – listen, you can can write the the 1,000 yards in pen. It's it's the touchdowns. But then is that enough from 6 to 10? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's slightly off off base a little bit. Um, I would say Gabe Davis would be one I'd be intrigued about. Uh, I definitely think things didn't always break his way this year, even in in, – championship week or week 18 mm-hmm. you know we got 10 targets in that game he caught two balls i think things will break for him it wasn't that many drops in that game uh i'd be intrigued to see him i don't think he was a full uh i think he's at full hilt this year i think we'll see a lot more out of him yeah. drake london i mentioned um kyle pitts probably inversely the same uh might be another another player there and the one i keep That's an eye on yeah one that it's always drafted mid-late rounds, who always delivers, and this year he didn't. But his situation should get better at quarterback next year, and it's Brandon Cooks. Well, I think Chet's traded, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, you will get a better situation. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think Brandon Cooks is, is always someone that you can rely on almost yeah. every year. This year's the first one he kind of has let you down. So uh, yeah, I agree with you there. I think him, and I'd keep an eye on Alvin Kamara. Uh, yeah. The court case, if he doesn't get a ban, he's someone I would expect to be a lot better in, in, in next year sure. and, and potentially Joe Mixon uh, as well with the way that he finished the year. So who's going to be drafted too high next year for you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Sorry. right off. Yeah, right off the, <laughs> there's, there's a few, right? I think, um, I think I'm looking at some of the running backs. I think are going to get drafted too high. Uh, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, um, maybe even Joe Mixon to a degree. Um, I think they're going to go too high. I think Tony Pollard's going to go too high. I think Zeke Elliott. 
I don't know where he gets drafted, but if he's getting drafted in the third, fourth round, that's too high. Uh, if he's the seventh round, that's probably about right. Um, but I feel like he won't fall that far. Evan Ingram, for me, is a screaming uh, player I think will be drafted too high. TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. These are players who I think have risen up boards and I think they're going to yeah, overflate yeah. their price. Um, it's hard because we don't know all the, all the situational pieces and, nope. and what's going to happen. But yeah, I think that there's definitely, I look at running backs. I think there's a lot of running backs here that I think are on their final legs. Derek Henry potentially uh, could be one that will be forced up into the top five. And I don't think I would be taking him in the top five. Austin Eckler, after what we've seen in that game, could potentially what about be last another year's 101, Jonathan Taylor, where do we sit on him? Yeah, I, it's a tough Falling one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's fallen back to the pack with injuries, and I think um, you're going to have a new coaching staff new QB, in there, probably. new QB, new offense. It's going to take some time. I, you know, he's a tough one to rely on, and I'm also going to throw Josh Jacobs in here, the rushing yeah. champion. Uh, he's another one I think. Well, if you're drafting on stats, I think it's going to be drafted too high. I think I think I'm looking at the landscape now, and I'm thinking. Who's a running back I would take in the first round and, and think is going to deliver me enough points to make that selection Christian worthwhile? Christian McCaffrey would definitely be in there. My 101 all uh, all this year. I didn't change off it. And the moves helped. Well, that's... Well. Yeah. And I mean, he didn't deliver you the 101, but he was a pretty I mean, safe pick, right? Um, you'd be pretty happy with what you got out of him, especially down the stretch. Um, I'm struggling to think of another running back I feel really comfortable drafting in the first round right now. And that, that will change, right? As we're going through and we do some analysis, we see how the rosters develop. Maybe Derek Henry at the, the 112 because of the security, what you get, maybe Austin Heckler. I think they're probably the three. And and I think Derek Henry will go too high only because the other two will go off the board. People get really scared and they're picking him at the 104, 105. And I think that's too high. I'm thinking, I'm looking at the running back situation. I'm thinking I would rather have Jefferson, Brown, Diggs, yeah, um, you know, pardon, Chase, Chase, Chase. Yeah, yeah, Hill. Um, I think you even Kelsey, even Kelsey in the first round. You got to take Kelsey in the first right, round next yeah. year. Yeah, I'm having all those players over over every running back, with the exception of maybe McCaffrey. I think yeah. I'd, I'd, I think I'd have every. We're looking at a year where we could have a wide receiver 101 for you, then. Hundred percent. I think you have got to take just yeah. right now in my head. Right, and I'm going to caveat this with, I haven't done enough oh, analysis. I haven't so done enough. Yeah. Justin Jefferson for me is the 101. Okay. I think if I was on the if I was on the clock today in a draft, coming back in. Nah, I, I think I'd say, I, th- I think the security of what you're going to get with Justin Jefferson, yep. in that offense with the way that Kevin O'Connell's going to scheme it, I can't look past Justin Jefferson at the 101. I, 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 at the 101, right, you're looking at a selection that's going to return you first round value. Yeah, I think correct. for me, with the volatility and the injuries at the running back position, I'm not sure I can go running back again at the 101. So I have to go wide receiver and I have to take the one that I think is going to deliver the most amount of points. And I think that's going to be Justin Jefferson. I think he's the guy. Yes, I know he choked in week 17. Yes, you probably would have felt pretty crap if you lost the title with him. But you know what? That was one week. He had a bad week in, in it all season. Yeah, uh, I think so, right now I'm Justin Jefferson 101. What about you? I tend to agree. I think outside of that, the only person that would sway me purely on consistency would be McCaffrey. And I had concerns this year because of his injuries. But 
he will deliver on that offense. Even though Elijah Mitchell's come back, it's still Christian McCaffrey's backfield at the minute. And I don't see that changing. The injury concerns didn't bother me this year. Um, you will get first round draft capital with Christian McCaffrey. And I don't yeah. think there's going to be a lot between a few guys. I think one 101 to 15. Hey, split hairs whether you've got the 101 or the 103. Actually, being mid to late in that pack might make your decision easier. I don't think you're going to find a lot of points differential between them. I I could agree with that. I think I think if you if you took McCaffrey or Jefferson 101, I don't think you could argue one way or the other. I, I don't think I could see either of those falling to the 103. Maybe yeah. if you've got running people scared of running backs, you could see McCaffrey fall to the 103. I don't think he's falling past 103. I don't think Jefferson's falling past 102. No, he won't. He won't. Um, so I think those two, for me, are probably at the clear tier at the top. Yeah. And you yeah. could argue that maybe it's a Hill, a Chase, or anyone else behind. But I think they're all kind of a – not a much of a muchness, but I think they're all pretty – they're all exceptional plays in, in, in the first round, and I'd feel comfortable having. And I think this is where you could split hairs, or Justin. Yeah. You know, I think Chase Hill Brown. I think those three digs. I think you could pretty much throw a blanket over the four. I probably have digs at the back of that, and probably create a little tear break. But I think those other three. I think you could throw a blanket over any of them, and I think you could put them wherever you want. I tell you, a player who I think could get some first round buzz this year, and I think that's Amon Ra St. Brown. Okay. If they keep Goff, which I think they will, because mm-hmm. I can't see why you wouldn't, mm-hmm. I think Amon Rafa St. Brown's the first round pick this year. Okay. I still see him around the 2 3, 2 5, something like that for me, just coming around the back. And, and I think that's the way his value should be. And I mm-hmm. agree with you. But I think people will get too excited about this Lions offense and what they did last yeah. year. Expect them. I think I'm realistically to kick on. I don't think they can kick on at a much higher level than where they've no. already been. And I and I wouldn't take him in the first round, I don't think. But my point is I think that's where he's going to end up. Uh, but I agree with you. I think second round, I'd, I'd feel more comfortable taking him there. Um, third round, I auto-pick him. I think yep. if he forced the third round, I'd snap it. Second round, I'd Agreed. feel comfy. I'm not sure I could get on board with a first round pick for him. But I think that's where, if we're looking at this in May... Don't be shocked if you're seeing him at the 110, the 112, because I think that's where people are going to value him. And I think that's a bit high, but, you know, we'll get into it when the timing is right. Um, so off that then, who's the one player you want on all your teams? Justin Jefferson. <laughs> Justin Jefferson's that. the one. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't have to think about that. I'll go if, a you... I'll go okay. a I'll go Travis Kelsey. Okay, I can get that. Point for the position, I'll take Travis Kelsey every day. Of the week. Yeah, I, I can't argue that. Um, I can't argue that. I Yeah. And I think you, I can, yeah, I think you can make a point for, for any of that. The same way that you can make a point for Josh Allen, right? I think if you could yeah. get Josh Allen on all your teams, you would. Um, I think, yeah, the, for me, I think for me, this is the clearest we're going into a season at who the 101 at each position is. I right. think it's Allen, McCaffrey, Jefferson, Kelsey. And I don't right. think there's any wavering from that in any depart. I don't think you can argue the toss yep. anywhere on any of those players. So I think we've got the very the clearest indication of who the best player in fantasy football is at each position, which I don't think we've had. I don't think there's been this much of a... I haven't been out to market, so I can't say it's consensus, but I can't imagine people jump banging the drum for anyone over those four. Nope. I could see maybe some people going for Eckler in PPR. I can't see it, but whatever. I'm, yeah, you know. based on format scoring, 
roster build, you will see variations of those, I suppose. But those four are generically at the top, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. if you want Jefferson on every roster, who's the one player you're going to be fading? Uh, there's lots of players I'm going to fade. Uh, all the tight ends, not named Travis Kelsey, I think, uh, are all getting faded. Um, I would say for me, the one player I'm worried about next year based on all the changes that are going to happen are Chris Godwin. Okay. I'm not necessarily going to say I'm going to fade him off every roster because yeah, yeah. you don't know what his price is going to be. Yeah. But I think people are going to look at the over 100 catch season. They're going to look at what he's put together in his career. And I think his career is going to speak more than the situation he's going to be in next year. So whereas I think Mike Evans is going to be a buy because I actually think that Mike Evans is going to get more touchdowns. I think you're going to get a quarterback who's going to struggle. I think he's just going to throw balls up there and Mike's going to come down with them more. I think you're going to see a lot of contested catches. with other bad quarterbacks. Let's not 100%. He's, he's got that proven record. I don't see the Buccaneers. If I, Listen, they, they've thrown... Tom Brady's just set the record for the most amount of attempts and most amount of completions in a season. Yep. We're not going to see that again next year. So you're already looking at this offense and I'm thinking I'm tuning it down about 20% yep. in terms of the volume. I think they yep. can't sustain the volume that they have done the last three years because Brady's not going to be there. You're going to get a rookie or you're going to get someone in free agency. They're not going to match this the way they are. Dial it down 20%. Everyone's numbers are all going to go. I think Godwin gets the biggest hit. I still like Godwin, but if he's going to get picked in the third, fourth round based on the numbers he's had, he's off all my rosters next year. Fair. And it's mad because he was a buy on all my rosters this year yep. because yeah, yeah. undervalued because of the injury. I was getting him in the sixth and seventh round, which is just... And he's a, he's a slot receiver for Brady, so... He catches 100 passes a year. Yeah. Like, how can you not... Like, he's injured. Yeah, he is, but he, he was never... Everyone was thinking he's going to be out till October. We said yeah. on this show how many times he's not. He, he will play in September. Okay, he did. What about you? Um, Alvin Kamara is the one name that jumps out to me. I think okay. taking the court case aside, his production this year wasn't where he expected it to be. The quarterback situation is still unknown. The coaching wasn't there, and the use of Taysom Hill just really worries me for Alvin Kamara next year. Yeah, to be honest, um, it wasn't. There weren't even flashes of the Alvin Kamara we thought we have and add to that the court case yeah I, and I still see Alvin Kamara being a I don't know a mid to late second round pick yeah at, at that price I'm with you I, I think it depends a lot on the price but I I don't I think people are going to be out of the Alvin Kamara business very quickly I think he's going to fall the fourth round okay and at the fourth round I start to get a bit interested because yeah. of the upside you're talking about yeah. a former RB1 it's not as much risk in the fourth round. You can make a fourth round pickup if you get it wrong. If he's falling fourth, fifth, which I, for me, I think his value is where David Montgomery's was and Josh Jacobs's was coming into this season. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say he's going to have his good. Yeah. Well, exactly that. And, the, you know, Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders were two players we talked about exclusively on this show as players that were severely undervalued. Yeah. Um, and both of them outperform their ADP and Josh Jacobs, he, he, potential league winner there with, with what you've got. And uh, Miles Sanders' first half of the season in particular was was exceptional. Second half, it tailed off a bit. But yeah, I think yeah, either way, it's going to be an interesting season. We'll track all these prices and, and where people are and, and the movement. And we're going to do a lot more strategy and a lot more things on this pod. And we're going to have some great oh. guests and we're going to, oh, uh, we're going to learn. We're going to review 2022. And we're going to make sure we win a lot more ships in 2023. And I just can't wait now. This is, for me, the exciting time of the year. It's when the work starts, right? 
<clears throat> yeah, exactly that. Awesome. So we started with an infomercial. Do you want to just briefly, and I know what you're like, Murph, so briefly recap, summarise, and we'll wrap this up. More shows, more more uh, content. We're going to do some videos, um, but there's going to be some exclusive content for Patreons, and we're going to launch our Acast uh, subscriber uh, podcasts, which would be Patreons will get that. So the easiest way you go to patreon.com forward slash five yard rush. Or you can follow us on ACAST. You can, uh, I haven't set it up yet, so it's not there yet. But at some point this week, I'm going to set up the uh, ACAST uh, pay content, and there's going to be exclusive podcasts uh, on there. We're just developing some strategy. There'll be some conversations um, with some people in the industry, very short ones, uh, expecting to be maybe like 15 minutes each. Probably do some of these and probably release some of these into free videos at some point, but not all of them because I want to keep some of the content for those who support uh, the the pod. We're not going to make it ludicrously expensive either. So just uh, enough to keep the lights on to keep the content coming. So. Uh, yeah, and Super Bowl special. Super Bowl special is going to be good giveaway, and we're going to do lots of cool stuff. I'm going to get some amazing people to talk to me, and and we're going to do some X's nose and uh, lots of great content. Um, I think last year's was about four and a half hours. Um, we'll see what happens this year with who we get <laughs> and and how long it'll be. I'm not promising if it's going to be longer or shorter, but either way, it's going to be a great show. And uh, also, um, we're going to have uh, an opportunity to give away. Um, something very special um, with a partnership that we're doing um, to get you ready for the Super Bowl. But more details on that next week, so it's a good reason to tune in then. Cool. Uh, so finally then, congratulations to all the Five Yard Listener League winners. Uh, congratulations to anybody out there that did winnership. Um, it's a fair effort to get through 14, 15 weeks of sustained um, success. So well done to all of you. Um, and also to Murph. Hannah. we got to congratulate oh, yeah. Hannah. Hannah are making the finals of the Scott Fish Bowl representing Fiverr Rush uh, in great style. And also to, to Matt final. over the fantasy. Oh. Yeah, so she went to the final top, uh, didn't quite break for a few injuries uh, that week, bless her, but she, you know, put in an amazing effort. And uh, yeah. Matt at the uh, Dynasty or at the Fantasy Wildcard, um, yeah. you know, Matt Thornton had a great run. Both of them representing the UK, making the finals of um, the Scott Fish Bowl, 3,000 fancy uh players making the top 30s uh top one percent you know incredible um, so but to have a representative this year yes absolutely uh and i'm giving a talk aren't i dan on uh at uk ffc hopefully <laughs> <laughs> you look more shocked you... about it than i do no uk ffc details and launches haven't been announced yet but there is a lot in the works so anybody that did come last year um it's going to be bigger. It's going to be better. There's going to be a lot more going on. It's going to be a lot more interactive as well, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, yeah. Different bits running simultaneously for people to dip in and out of. So that you haven't got to listen to everything. Last year was a little bit of this is going on. Everyone needs to sit and listen. Well, we're going to have different sections and rooms and bits where people can come and go and join in and take part in or, or leave and sit and have a drink with friends. And it's all going to be a bit more open. So change of venue has allowed that. It's also a bigger venue. It's going to be on for longer. More panels, more guests, more speakers, more stuff happening. Keep your eyes tuned because we will be releasing the details of who, what, where, and when shortly. Yeah, can't wait. It's going to be an amazing event. Um, and to see people from the United States and South Africa, two of my biggest friends in this community are coming, and yeah. I I cannot wait. So, um, and, and listen, I want to do more conversations. Um, I want to speak to more of you. Some people last year messaged me after saying, I really wanted to come up and talk to you, but I didn't feel I could. 
Maybe they didn't I mean, recognize they, you, Matt. If you can't recognize me, um, <laughs> well, they might struggle with you. We have a lookalike coming too. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to try and uh, be more slimline so that people don't get confused with my uh, with my with my lookalike. Fair. Awesome, Murph. Anything else you should add, sir? Thanks. This is so good to be back. Um, and I can't wait for the next few months. We're going to learn a lot. We're going to do a lot. Um, and yeah, that's um, going to do a lot of best ball between now and, and May. So a lot of the free leagues. So if you want to do one of those, uh, I'm not doing it for a few weeks, but probably when we get into February, uh, hit me up. Yeah. And we're just going to draft a lot of best ball, a lot of practice, preseason swings. No money involved if you want to just do some practice and get some drafting and scratch that draft itch, then we'll do a lot of those. And Dan, I'm sure you're going to have lots of fun things going on. Yeah, I'm going to look at some more standard 1QB PPR redraft and just mock and mock and mock so we can get some proper data behind us when we look into to May and the rookies factor in and, and things like that. So I'm going to be trying to trying to get the same group of people doing it each week, each two weeks, something like that. Um, and just keep running it and see how different variations um, as news breaks throughout the, the off-season change it. Yeah, it's going to be great. I can't wait for it. Cool. Guys, it's good to be back. Murph, happy new year. Happy new year, mate. As always, it's so good to be back. Um, and don't forget, as always, keep rushing. I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.